We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 2022 Week 1 edition of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Show here on Roto-Grinders. Uh, I am Britt Devine, back for another year with Mr. Ian Harditz uh, from Pro Football Focus. Ian, it is a great day to be great, dude. What is going on? You are damn right, Britt. Week one, got got a you know got a beak sweat last night with that a uh, pretty entertaining dominant Bills victory. But ready to talk some main slate, man. I don't have a uh, DFS show this year on the PFF Fantasy Pod. Still grinding all of it, honestly. So I'm just excited we have uh, this platform, Britt. Let's uh, get, get the people some winners. Yeah, don't uh, I've listened to everything on the PFF uh, Pod so far this this week, and uh, don't downplay yourself, Ian. It's still a very nice show. <laughs> Dwayne may not be there, but it is still an excellent, excellent podcast. I appreciate you, man. Uh, so this year, right? So this year we're going to do things a little bit. It's sort of the same, but a little different. With the way sports betting and prop betting is going, I've done uh, the prop show with Chief with the Prop Shop show. I did that on Tuesday night. That's on the YouTube feed, on the podcast feed, all that. With just how big all that's become, we're going to focus just a little bit more on that and maybe cut the DFS talk down just a smidge. There's a bajillion DFS shows. We're still going to talk cash game and tournament plays. But for the season, we're just going to try to talk a couple more props. You can relate that to DFS if you want to. We're going to have a couple of uh, you know lines, over-under, spread picks, whatever you want like that. Ian, I'm, al- I'm already hard did a, going to disagree with you on one of these for sure. <laughs> I, I'm, you might be able to guess which one, but we'll see uh, what we're talking about a little bit later. But uh, just a little bit more sports betting. It's become more prevalent. It's all over Roto-Grinders. There's a million different ways to get involved in sports nowadays. So we figured we would just lean into that a little bit more. But that is not going to stop us uh, from going with the Mismatch Manifesto. You have it up. Uh, it is not free on pro football focus this year it is a premium content article so the only way to actually get a look at this for free or uh you know to get insight into it is through this pod if you wanted to uh, take a look at it so ian what you did is it looks like you've got some information from last year which doesn't always directly correlate but we're going to look at some of last year's data and i'm going to grill you how does that transition into some of the teams we're looking at this week for week one in terms of at least dfs or sports betting 
what can we take out of it? What are a couple of your major, you know, ideas or leans you had as you were putting this together off the top? Yeah, I mean, it is just by the nature of the article. As we continue to get more information for this year, we'll be better off. But if you just want to go ahead and scroll down to our explosive plays section, I mean, pretty clearly what pops out is this 49ers passing game, the most explosive passing offense last year, just in terms of 20-plus yard completions per dropbacks. And I know that was a Jimmy G under center, not Trey Lance. But you look at this Bears defense, man, losing, you know, there's the complete alpha and Khalil Mack. And we'll keep an eye on that weather. The wind looks okay. It is going to be rainy. But with Trey Lance, man, you know, I will talk about our cash and turning plays, but I really think he is viable in both at this point. It could be a situation where, yeah, okay, maybe Lance isn't the most polished real life passer, but we don't really care about style points in fantasy football. I don't think he's going to have to be asked to do all that much in order just to get the ball in Debo and Ayuk's hands. We'll see about George Kittle's status, but I'm riding with Trey Lance as a top seven QB out of the gate, man. I don't need to see it first. I'm confident that he's got the sort of dual, sort of dual threat profile that, again, we've seen guys like Jalen Hurts, like early career Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, utilize to great success in fantasy. I mean, come on, yeah. man. Like How many, how many times have we played Taysom Hill over the last two years? You tell me we can't get a couple big-time performances from Trey Lance. Yeah. And it's a, di- I, the explosive play rate might even go up because Jimmy G was getting those from Debo, you know, on the catch and run. Now you're still going to get those with Debo and IU getting some downfield targets from Trey Lance. So I think that might even go up this year. Just an absolute great matchup. You mentioned Kittle, uh, you know, so we're recording this, what Friday afternoon. I, I got to think we haven't gotten official word. I don't think Kittle's going to play this week. How do you feel about that? No, nah, it doesn't look good. I'm more or less anticipating him not being out there. But Lance is one of those quarterbacks that, you know, you actually don't need to necessarily stack him uh, just to have him out there. So if you want to go, you know, with the naked look, I am obviously okay with that. So Trey Lance is good. Also, with these uh, looking at the run side of things, you notice that the Indianapolis Colts are set up awfully well against the Texans, which is like, yeah, common sense. I get it. Nice to see it in the graph, though. And man, Britt, like, okay. And Cash McCaffrey at 8,500, Reveries out in DraftKings. Like, it is tough to get away. But this could be a week where we have, you know, Jonathan Taylor against the Texans and Derrick Henry against the Giants, where if McCaffrey wasn't here, like, we'd be all over these matchups. I do wonder if we're going to see that ownership not be quite as high as normal just because of how obvious Chalk McCaffrey's going to be. Yeah, this, well, I don't, I don't, maybe we can talk about that a little bit more. I think this is the first week one, or even week in general in DFS that I can remember. There is no stone cold chalk this week, Ian. There, there is nothing. We had no injuries. The sites priced people, I think, reasonably appropriately. Pittman, maybe it, that's it. Pitt, Pittman's like the one on DraftKings, but I think it's wide open this week in tournaments. There's out maybe Pittman will squeak like twenty percent ish on DraftKings, but I think it's going to be pretty spread out. You can't, you know, if you're trying to get JT and Henry and McCaffrey into a lot like you're you're playing a bunch of wide receiver threes and things like that on teams the sites did a good job mainly I think I had to do we didn't have that preseason injury but this is a very very wide open DFS week for me and all those explosive runs I'm pretty sure they came against Houston last year for Donald Taylor too right <laughs> pretty much man he went absolutely <laughs> off against them but scroll down a little bit more uh you know past pace even we'll go I'll go ahead and look straight at pressure because there are a handful of uh quarterbacks that should really have clean pockets to work with I mean the Jameis Winston and New Orleans Saints offense is something I'm really intrigued in like just I get it AJ Terrell Falcons number one corner he's an absolute 
stud, and he was an absolute stud last year, and that didn't stop the Falcons from really being a terrible defense against quarterbacks and wide receivers alike. Having the league's worst pass rush, you know, was a big reason why. But last year, Jameis, even though they weren't really passing the ball all that much in the first six, seven weeks, which I get, Marquez Callaway was your number one wide receiver during that stretch, we still saw Jameis flirt with like some legit boom outcomes. Week one against the Packers, he threw five touchdowns, and he had another big game before getting injured as well. So Jameis with maybe Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, throw Michael Thomas in there if he's going to be healthy enough to suit up. I like attacking that uh, New Orleans Saints passing game this week in the Dome. I know there's not a ton of wind going on, you know, throughout the league, but there is enough precipitation in places like, uh, you know, Chicago and Cincinnati that I don't hate, you know, getting around some of these offenses that we just know we don't have to worry about at all. Same thing goes with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense, you know, against the Lions. So as much as uh, the Lions are getting the hard knocks bump and everything, I still think, you know, Hurts, A.J. Brown, even Miles Sanders, who we'll talk about a little bit later. A lot of upside there. And finally, just, yeah, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, two more quarterbacks that really should have all day to throw. Credit to the Jets for sprucing up their front seven a little bit. Arizona, not so much, man. I mean, J.J. Watt now being at risk of missing the game in addition to losing Chandler Jones in the offseason. I mean, we could be seeing, you know, a y'all must have forgot type of week one performance out of Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, that Chiefs-Cardinals game stack is going to be pretty trendy. Britt, do you think like Marquise Brown, if we get Rondale ruled out, could be someone that just becomes the chalk because like who else is Kyler going to throw yeah. the ball to? Ertz could be out too. I think he did practice today, but yeah, Ertz made it. I would have to imagine, right? So I've been following the Rondale more because I've had, you're going to see in some of the props I talk about. Um, I've got some prize picks plays and I know you've got some from the sports book, but uh, I don't think Ron, you get a hamstring injury on a Thursday. You don't practice Friday. They say it's 50 50. I've it's yeah. I don't know. It, I'd say I me, mean, he's got like a 15 to 10 to 15 percent chance of playing. I'd pretty much close to zero, honestly, in my opinion. But you never know. I don't think Rondale Moore is going to end up playing. We could see him out there, and the, the play I'm going to have in just a little bit might be a little weaker. I still think it's good anyway, but yeah, it's uh, it's wide open. We're what's uh, who's who's the new slot guy? I forgot his uh, his name off the top of my head, Isabella. Andy no, I don't, I don't. They hate Andy Isabella. I know Dorch. they do. Dorch, but Dorch is coming. Oh my gosh. Dorch is 3K. <laughs> We're gonna play Greg Dorch over here. <laughs> I don't think so. You do need some value out there today, but it's interesting. But yeah, Hollywood Brown, the connection with Kyler Murray. I mean, he was DeAndre already Hopkins. Who, what else is gonna? What else are they gonna do? That's the thing, man. Like, even if Rondale was healthy, I think Hollywood would have been an absolutely fine play. And now at this point, like, he's he's getting to, like, CeeDee Lamb territory where it's just like there's nobody else in the offense to even throw the ball to. But a uh, few more things here on the pressure. As you can see, Tua and Kirk Cousins could be having a rough afternoon. I'm, cu I'm curious how much Mike McDaniel can improve that Dolphins offensive line because last year the Dolphins literally were the best offense. I'm, I'm sorry, the worst offense in the league in pressure rate and the best defense in the league at getting after opposing quarterbacks. So keep an eye on that. And then with the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, man, last year's second most impacted quarterback in terms of the yards per attempt drop-off working in a clean pocket versus when being pressured. So as much as, you know, we just focus kind of on the Aaron Rodgers drama, this and that throughout the offseason, that Packers defense is no joke. And even if Jair is not going to necessarily shadow anyone, uh, could be a long afternoon for that Vikings passing game. 
want to scroll down to the yards before contact. A few more notes before we get to some bets here. Really top matchups at the line of scrimmage this week. Highlighted by Baltimore. You see teams with, you know, mobile quarterbacks a lot of times popping here. And for good reason. They make their run games more efficient. But Baltimore, if J.K. Dobbins isn't going to play, which is sure doesn't sound good, it's gross, man. But Mike Davis at 4.4K is the cheapest running back that you could uh, realistically expect 15-plus touches from. Also got Derrick Henry and the Titans. We talked about him a little bit before. Maybe the answer in Arizona is James Conner because who else are they going to give the ball to? He set up reasonably well. And yeah, I mentioned before, but Miles Sanders in Philly, man. I just feel like a lot of the problems we had with Miles Sanders throughout the summer really aren't are now non-issues in week one. We wondered if Jordan Howard was going to come back. He didn't. We wondered if Miles Sanders was healthy. He's good now. He's it's already said he's going to play and everything. And now we're looking at the Eagles favored in a dome where I would not be surprised at all, Britt, if we look at the box score afterwards and Miles Sanders has 20-plus combined carries and targets. So love getting the Sanders this week, especially with guys, you know, Antonio Gibson, uh, Najee Harris, and Saquon Barkley especially. I think taking more of that ownership in that 5K range. All right. Anything else from your article you want to talk about? The EPA per play doesn't really correlate too well to, you know, season over season. Yeah. It sounds like sounds like that's about it for the Mismatch Manifesto. If you guys wanted to read this or any of the other great articles over at Pro Football Focus, make sure to go check that out. Just a plethora of information, grades, stats, uh, jillion tools, sports betting, ownerships. I know we have our own things like that at Roto-Grinders. Um, but for another source, it's not very expensive either to get a, a second look at sort of that sort of thing. Uh, all right. With the mismatch manifesto out of the way, uh, I want to remind you guys the all the stuff we have going on here at Roto-Grinders. We're jam-packed with content this season. Single entry, showdown, everything in between, sports betting. You want up to lineup lock. You want to talk single entry. I saw that was on the, the podcast with uh, Squirrel. There's just a bajillion different ways to get information from all of the shows and podcasts here at Roto-Grinders. You can follow us on the Roto-Grinders YouTube page and on the Daily Fantasy Football podcast feed wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Uh, and while you're at it, go check out the PFF pod uh, with my man Ian as well. Uh, all right, high-fiving. Boom. All right, we'll get, we'll get that one out of the way. Uh, all right, let's get into some of our bets this week. We're going to talk uh, – I've got a. I've got two – uh, spreads I'm betting. It looks like you've got a parlay and a spread as well. And then we'll talk about some of our props. Uh, I'm going to go first because you've mentioned the Eagles in a dome. And I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be pretty chalky in DFS. I know you like A.J. Brown, uh, Dallas Goddard, and Devontae Smith are tournament stores. You like Miles Sanders. Well, Eagles minus four. I mean, this looks like an absolute smash play to me. I know it's on the road. You got to like road favorites this week because that's pretty much all you got across the board. And this is just a total, except for maybe the Lions offensive line. The, the Eagles have a great defensive line, by the way. It's just a complete and utter mismatch of talent across the board in the Eagles' favor, in my opinion. We've. I just think the Eagles are, they're going to get out. They've got what, a more aggressive coaching system. They're definitely going to throw the ball with Jalen Hurts this year. They got a, is Jalen Hurts our guy? Is he not? They brought in A.J. Brown. They're going for it in the passing game. So we're going to have a more efficient offense away from all that running stuff they did last year um, because they actually have the talent and I think the, the drive to throw the ball down the field. Four points. This is an easy cover for me, in my opinion. With everyone liking them in DFS, I just think four is a little too light. So the Eagles are definitely they're they're my favorite spread pick. I know if you DraftKings has this great promo, we're not affiliated. We have no social sponsor. They had that great promo, right? If any team gets up by 10 or more on any of the money lines, I know it's the spread. 
they just pay you out. So I, I did it with seven points on the bill. So that I, I, I won my money line bet within like five <laughs> five minutes on, on Thursday night. But you can get those if you're looking for the money line. Uh, the DraftKings specifically this week is a really great way to get that. If any team gets up by 10 and you place a money line bet on it, you automatically win the bet. So check that out with the Eagles. I think that's one of my favorite plays this week. You, you got to like that, right? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm already talking up every player in the matchup. Hard not to. It is one of those things, man, where I feel like a fish here picking a bunch of these road favorites. But to your point, like it seems like every single matchup, we're basically looking at that. Or we have, you know, just a home situation where it's like Tua versus Belichick, Carson Wentz versus the Jaguars. So it's like the home favorites don't have quarterbacks we trust. And the road favorites, like we're actually having to buy almost a touchdown. So to only see the Eagles at four, I mean – realistically you look at that roster i think you can argue it's a top five team in the nfl might be just you know buying a little bit of the detroit lions hype a little too much yeah I'm, i'll take that uh hype from hard knocks and i'll bet against that no there problem. we go uh all right so let's go you got we'll go with a parlay i like your parlay so i'll let you know right now what, what that I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna talk to you against uh, on the other one here but i like the parlay i actually bet this once i saw it on here so what do you got here yeah, it's not quite uh, even odds, but you can bet 100 to win 78 on the Ravens, minus 315 over the Jets, and the Bengals, minus 285 over the Steelers. Again, like when I look at the Eagles versus the Lions, I don't think the Lions are terrible necessarily, but you could throw them in that if you wanted to. Some of these, some of these other road favorites that are bigger, like Jameis versus the Falcons, like, okay, I think we can see that blowing up. You know, Mahomes versus Kyler, I'm giving Kyler some respect there. So going through all the matchups, like, you know, Trey Lance against the Bears, yeah, I think the 49ers are better but i'm not exactly hyped about you know backing trey lance by a touchdown uh, th- uh just to start the season so for me the ravens against joe flacco and joe burrow against freaking mitchell trubisky those just seem like the two biggest layups of the week to me and i'm i'm happy to get basically you know 80 cents on the dollar for that bet now the one brit does not like is gonna be me backing one home team a motivated home team brit monday night they've been shunned discarded by everyone in their city that's the seattle seahawks plus six and a half at home against the Broncos emotional return for Russell Wilson he's someone that let's face it Britt we didn't see play his best football in 2021 might just be a situation where the emotions involved are going to be able to lead the Seahawks to an amazing six-point defeat that they managed to backdoor cover Geno Smith has been okay for the last calendar year all right that's what I'm trying to say he's not been a god he's not even been good he has been okay and I'm still confident that there's enough firepower in the Seattle passing game to at least keep this one close so not going to crown the Broncos just yet I wouldn't be surprised if this sets up as the classic kind of underwhelming debut for Russ I, I don't know I'm I I'm definitely on the Broncos side of that one <laughs> I, I do agree with you Gino is he the worst quarterback in the league? It's close, but it, like, it he's, not he's got he's got he, at least he has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Penny showed out last year. We'll see what they can do. You know, it opened up for I'm seeing 89% of the bets are on the Broncos. It's like, come on. We this just seems like the classic. We think we know way too much going into week one. All right. My other spread bet's gonna be the Chargers minus three and a half. I wish it was three. I don't mind buying it down to three just so you get the push if the Chargers end up charging. Um <laughs> as long as they don't do that, I think this is a, a pretty easy win. The Chargers are clearly across the outside of like Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, right? So they're like they're two very, very, very good at their position players, but it's not like the Chargers are lacking in offensive weapons total complete mismatch across the board in terms of talent. Uh, you know, you got Herbert at car. That's basically worth three points in its own. If you ask me, 
Uh, the defense the Chargers are going to th- roll out this year is going to be absolutely uh, crazy. They've got a great pass rush. They're going to be great basically all over the field. They've got a great coach. I'll definitely take that. Uh, who's going to play those fourth downs uh, correctly, specifically when you're looking at spread bets. Um, I think the Raiders got really, really lucky to make the playoffs last year. They were, what, minus 65 points and point differential. Just how do you how do you end up making the playoffs when you are down in points on the season? It rarely happens. I, know, so I, I just think Devontae, I'm sure he's great, and I expect him to have a good game. And Darren Waller. Um, you know, he, he got paid, so he's feeling a lot better. <laughs> I expect him to to do good, but I just don't, I think that Chargers defense is legitimate. It's going to be a top five unit on the season, and the Raiders offensive line is going to be in big, big, big trouble against what the Chargers are going to have. And it's a, I'll put quotations, home game for the Chargers. I don't know if that really means anything. Uh, I just think this is a, this could be, it could be a shootout. I expect them to win the shootout, and it could absolutely be a blowout in my opinion if that Devontae Adams connection isn't there from the start of the game on week one. So I, I got the Chargers. Do you, do you like that one? Yeah, I even, you know, I, I liked your Eagles take too. I'd be down to throw those two uh, money lines in a separate uh, parlay. I might have to do that mm-hmm. right after this uh, right after this show. All right. So those are a couple of spread bets. A couple of props. Why don't why don't you go over? You'll take your three. You've got them on Sportsbooks. I've got a prize picks, uh, power pick, a two pick. That's really injury-based, but I think I'm going to come out on the good side of the injury, so I want to get the lines out to the people a little bit earlier. I dropped them in the prop shop in our Roto-Grinders Discord a little earlier in the day. Uh, but let's go. I like all your little prop bets you have here. Amonra St. Brown, the sun god himself, over five and a half receptions. You can get it at minus 110 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Last six games of 2021. See a Brit. Ten catches, eight catches, eight catches, nine catches, eight catches, eight catches. Just not even close. Again, the line's at five and a half. And I know Swift and Hawkinson weren't there. But Amonra, he's still just being featured. And, and this is a situation where it's just a reception. So even if he gets shut down, I just think that we could be looking at him getting four to five screens in this game, let alone any sort of downfield stuff that comes his way. So I'm happy taking that. Uh, looking at the Eagles defense, too. I like Darius Slade, James Bradbury, but they stick to the outside. That's going to give Amonra a Brown constant matchups against Devontae Maddox last year Eagles 30th in explosive pass play rate allowed to wide receivers targeted from the slot 26 yards per attempt 30th and QB rating allowed so perfect mix of Amonra really being the engine of this Lions offense going up against the kind of kryptonite spot of that Eagles defense also love Mike Evans anytime touchdown plus 105 over once again at DraftKings Sportsbook here are uh Mike Evans Eight games without Chris Goffman over the past two seasons. 104 yards, touchdown. 122 yards, touchdown. 41 yards, touchdown. 55 yards, touchdown. 47 yards, touchdown. 89 yards, two touchdowns. 117 yards, touchdown. 119 yards, touchdown. He's Wait, so no, everyone's a touchdown? He's All got right. n- nine touchdowns in eight games. The guy has I'm not missed this right now. Yeah, come on, man. And like Chris Goblin, I know they're calling him a game time decision, but even if he's out there, I just have a hard time believing they're really going to put a full game's worth of uh, snaps on his plate. And oh yeah, there's no AB this year. All due respect to Russell Gage trying to replace him. He's hurt. And as much as I think Julio Jones isn't quite dust yet, we all know about Julio's you know ability to score touchdowns. So you take Gronk out of this offense, it just seems like destiny to me that Mike Evans is going to find his way into the end zone 
Finally, I also like Mitch Trubisky under 20 and a half completions on a, I've had a matchups edition of uh, the PFF fantasy football podcast with Kevin Cole. And I asked Kevin if Trubisky's uh, over under two and a half starts this year. And he took the under on two and a half quarters for Trubisky and was talking oh, wow. about Tom Savage, you know, against the Jaguars uh, back in 2017 when they drafted Watson and all off season long, they gave Savage the credit. And then all of a sudden get down the first half and he gets pulled. I really think that could be the case with Trubisky. And honestly, just this number, like even if he did, had zero chance of getting benched, which I, I don't think it's zero. I think it's definitely above that. I mean, Trubisky's, you know, hit this mark in just 26 of 52 career starts. So for me, having like basically even odds over at bet MGM minus 115 on the under at 20 and a half. I think he has a lot of different ways uh, to get to that number. All right, yeah, and there's some weather in that game too. So maybe a couple of drop receptions, all that uh, adding up into that. Now all we're right, talking so- yeah, so uh, if you want to know right where the best lines are, where to check player props, really quick, right? Because you know he, t- I, I hit the 105 touchdown at DraftKings. I didn't go to scores and odds to check it out, but I should have. I just trusted that Ian gave me the best line because I, I would expect him to do something like that. I did bet that, by the way. Uh, you can get access to all of that on scores and odds. That is our sports betting app here at Roto Grinders. If you want to check out, hey, Gabe, Gabe Davis, what what was his best? uh anytime touchdown it was like plus 160 go to scores and odds boom you get it yeah i I did that for sure last (laughs) night Uh, that was a that was a nice little night sports betting i had um you can get all that if you want access to all the picks uh you can get from all of the personalities here at roto grinders there's a subscription for that but just to be able to find the best line to get your best bonuses when you sign up check it all out over at scores and odds uh everything you need to be a better sports better all right let's get into dfs Uh, We'll go position by position a little bit. We'll talk some cash. We'll talk some tournaments to wrap up the PFF uh, fantasy show for week one. We'll start at quarterback. Uh, I got two guys on my cash game radar, and I think you can apply it to both sites. I I don't hate if you wanted to try for a Patrick Mahomes, but I'm on the running quarterbacks this week. I'm looking at uh, Jalen Hurts, and I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. I've mentioned I like Philadelphia. Uh, on the minus four, and we all seem to like, at least on this show, the skill position players of Philadelphia. So Hertz just looks really juicy in a dome, no weather concerns against the Detroit defense, who sure it's going to be improved a little bit, but come on. I mean, this is still the Detroit Lions defense of last season. And then Lamar Jackson, who is playing for uh, himself this entire season, uh, he's going to ball out, especially week one. And it's the New York Jets, Ian. This isn't too hard to put together. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Ravens offense and they talked about in the offseason wanting to get back to 2019 with with what running backs at this point. I mean, I just have a hard time believing they're going to go down with Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake. Like this really should be the Lamar, Lamar Jackson show from week uh, from week one on. So I'm fine going down, though, to Jalen Hurts, you know, saving that basically 500 bucks right now. in my, uh, you know, initial cash game build, I only have an extra hundred dollars. If I could get up to Lamar, like I would just rank him ahead of Jalen straight up. But I'm fine. Uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, what are you looking at in tournaments uh, for the quarterback position? I think there's a, like I said at the beginning of the show, there is not, there's no stone cold locks. There's no team that is going to get heavy ownership. There's no player at individually at any position outside of probably Michael Pittman on DraftKings that's going to be super high owned. A lot of ways to go. You can't play, I mean, you can play everybody, but you don't really want to play everybody. So we got to narrow it down a little bit. 
Yeah, I'm loving Jameis Winston at only 5.3K. Easy money. And you can make a – you were talking before about, you know, jamming CMC, Henry, and Jonathan Taylor in there. If you want to do that, look at the Saints stack because we can get Jameis for 5,300. Michael Thomas, if he plays, is only 5,700. I think he is on the route to playing. I mean, this, everything we've heard about him seems to signal that. Chris Alave, 4,500. You know, I'm, I'm not sure about his early season usage, but at least seems just like a guy that can be a boomer bust uh, player for us, which obviously will take in tournaments uh, given his fuel stretching ability. And even Jarvis Landry at, at 5,000, kind of a forgotten guy. So again, all three receivers between 4,500 and 5,700 picked whatever two you like, stack them with Jameis, and you're going to have all sorts of money to go spend at the other spots on the roster. And, yeah, I just, and, and also just because of that, I mean, I kind of already talked about the matchup when we we're going through the mismatch stuff. But yeah, Falcons reigning league worst defense and pressure rates. So if there is going to be a little bit of a, you know, a transition period for the Saints, you know, getting on without Taron Armstead, who's now playing for the Dolphins, like this probably won't be the matchup to really exploit that. And as good as AJ Terrell is, he only shadowed Justin Jefferson all of last season. So I don't think any of these wide receivers are going to end up on Terrell Island for the entire game. Uh, a couple of like I, I think Kyler Murray, of course, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey is very cheap on DraftKings at least, and you can mix in yeah. a couple of the other receivers over there. So, but the Kyler Murray side is interesting because their defense is not great this year, and we're down. There's just going to be this is like a spot where you can get some in quotations value. You know, if you hold your nose and want to play AJ Green. Or if <laughs> what I, I I like AJ Green. Oh, oh. I didn't even, you know I didn't even get to my props. Um, I'll I'll hit that up at the end of the show here. I totally forgot about my football uh, can be so fun. Football can be so fun, and you're choosing to talk about AJ Green right now. It's week yeah, one, Brett. Come on, maybe. But what I'm getting at is ways <laughs> to make cheaper stacks in a high scoring game because yeah. Kyler's not ultra expensive. And Green's not, and Ertz isn't really expensive either. You know, if you forego Hollywood Brown, who's probably going to carry a little bit of ownership, there's ways to make a little bit of a cheaper and lower owned stack to get a higher own or a higher scoring running back or to get one of the elite wide receivers into your lineup. I don't think it's crazy. And some of the runbacks on Kansas City, if you want to play a Hardman or an MVS, these guys aren't salary breakers. They're not going to kill your lineup in terms of salary. I think that game is very interesting. A lot of people will go to it, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be making some teams on that. And I know you like Lance from San Francisco, and we, I don't think Kittle's going to play. It's a narrower target tree. I mean, Debo Samuel it has gone, you know, if you look at his career without George Kittle over three years, he's basically gone nuclear and almost every single game. I think it's like six out of seven. He has these monster lines. And that was with Jimmy Garoppolo, but Lance is still going to be able to get him the football and maybe even a little deeper down the field. You got Iuk, who's sort of in that mid-tier on both sites in terms of salary. There's ways to, to use Lance and get a massive target expectation from some of, some of his wide receivers out there. I think he looks pretty interesting. My question for you, I, so... I know on your mismatch manifesto, we didn't really talk about the Green Bay game, but that looks like one of the slower games from last year. How do you think the impact of the new staff in Minnesota is that they're going to bump up their pace? Are you, I guess I'm worried a little bit if Green Bay gets up, do they just hammer Dylan and Jones run after run? Because I, I have a feeling when Sammy Watkins is looking to be your number one wide receiver, Sammy Watkins week one, uh, you know, get him into your DFS lineups. But if he's your number one wide receiver, 
they're Aaron Jones is going to have a monster game, whether it's passing, rushing. Um, I, I like pretty much the over on a lot of his props. Do you think that game's going to speed up a little bit? Maybe a little bit. I'm just I'm worried about how the Vikings are going to move the ball against this Packers defense. It makes sense if there's a little bit of a learning curve for them getting used to the Kevin O'Connell offense. And I do like uh, Irv Smith. We'll get to him a little bit, but that's more so just because of his price point. Rogers being priced at 7K is a little bit egregious, and I feel like we don't really need to go up that high for him. Uh, when, as we know, you know, quarterback ownership tends to be pretty flat, at least relative to the other positions. So I think Rogers in the passing game could have a big freaking performance while nobody really gets more than six or seven targets. Like that's the problem here. Like, yeah, Sammy Watkins should be the guy on one side, but what if he just rotates with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and then the slot Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers, like this really could be an offense potentially where no wide receiver without Alan Lazard is even running a route on, you know, like 70% of the drop back. So could be a little bit problematic in terms of an overall target share perspective. So yeah, if anything, I think the running backs are probably the players to target in this matchup yeah was it jordy nelson randall cobb and Devonte adams that made aaron Rodgers, or did aaron Rodgers make them oh well, come I guess, on i guess come we'll on. find out they, uh, all of the above we'll say they all, yeah. they all helped everybody <laughs> there we go there we go peak years. um all right so i want to get to my i'm circling back to my prize picks play here because i forgot it on the prop section um so i live in the fantasy world so there's a bajillion different props you can get on prize picks but i'm going straight to the fantasy score um i'm taking debo over 14 fantasy points. He has hit this in every game of his career without George Kittle. Seems like a pretty reasonable bet to make. And uh, pairing with that, uh, I mentioned A.J. Green. Uh, if you're looking for a, a reasonably priced DFS play with some upside, um, in last season in the games where he saw six or more targets, and Ian, would you expect him to get, if Rondell Moore doesn't play with how injured everybody else is on that roster, Six targets seems like a, a reasonable amount to get for Green, Green, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So, well, if he gets six targets, he's he went over – he's at eight and a half fantasy points, Ian. He went over that in nine of the ten games last year. He got six targets. So that is a pairing I like. I, I think I, I think Kansas City – I don't know if I like the – I guess – I don't know. I think Kansas City is going to be able to handle this Arizona team. And I, I know you mentioned – you were giving Kyler Murray a little bit of respect, um, but that might be a bet I make uh, as we get off the show here because I just think that the, the Cardinals are a little too injured on defense. They're missing too much on offense now, and the, those garbage time points, they count for A.J. Green. And eight and a half, you know, if he gets one good downfield target, it doesn't take much else for, for him to have a nice fantasy day. So that's my power play. A.J. Green over eight and a half. Debo over 14 fantasy points on prize picks. Um, I, I nuked that, as we like to call it, in the in the prop betting channel. Uh, so th that that's a favorite of mine this week. I, I like uh, the Debo one. I'll give you that one. All right. So I'll disagree with you on Seattle. You can disagree with me on AJ Green, and we'll come back and we'll, we'll fight it out uh, on Sunday. We'll see. It's see pretty gross. It's, it's pretty gross picks by both of us. <laughs> I admit that. Hey, usually the best prop bets are the ones are that gross. are feel pretty yeah. gross, honestly. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go to running back for DFS. There are a ton of running backs I want to play this week, Ian. The problem is they all cost a lot of money, and without the value we normally have, we don't have – you've got Pierce, and I know you were talking uh, Mike Davis, but you know Ken, I think Kenyon Drake's going to factor in a little bit uh, on that Baltimore side. We don't have a known running back that – 
is going to get those 20 plus touches that we can guarantee this week. So all the, the really high end guys are a little bit too expensive. If you had to pick Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry this week, if you're up towards the top, who would you get? I'm not finding either of those on my cash games. I just, I can't find the salary for it. I wouldn't blame anyone for playing either of them. Do you have a, a preference between the two? I'm, I'm fine with them both again in tournaments, but honestly, cash, I'm probably just going to get to CMC and then go down a little bit. Uh, Kamara is someone that I've been able to get to. And it's just one of those things where like, why is Kamara probably a thousand dollars less than Derek Henry? That doesn't make all that much sense to me. It could just be kind of a left leftover effect of Alvin Kamara being ranked lower this year than normal uh, just because of the legal issues. Remember these prices were released, uh, you know, quite a while ago, but, month or maybe three weeks so maybe wasn't quite as sure when that happened so alvin kamara does seem a little bit mispriced um who's the third running back at yeah and then saquon is 6.1 i think that's the one guy we can really feel confident going down to and getting a a bunch of touches so i know he's still 6.1 k but who else are they gonna give the ball to in new york at this point it's not gonna be matt Breida, not gonna be gary brightwell like saquon barkley in terms of just pure dollars per touch i think is probably the best price adjusted uh price adjusted back on slate yeah see like saquon's gotta have the one of the highest chances of handling the most percentage of snaps for his team this week right yeah so why not and if especially if people are going to be going up a little bit to Najee, i don't want anything to do with that in cincinnati uh even uh who's the other one around that um going down to going down to antonio gibson like I get it. The New York Giants offense isn't exactly scot-free of, you know, just uh, imploding as well. So it is kind of gross running backs there, but I'm far more confident in uh, Saquon's just probably uh, past game abilities, particularly over Gibson. And, uh, you know, we'll see exactly how much Trubisky even enables Najee this season with that. Yeah, I'm sort of with you. I'm sort of in that CMC Kamara as my top tier. You know, CMC, when healthy, is, you know, he's a running back one and a wide receiver one and a half. Yeah, most weeks. So that looks pretty good if you can get to him. And if you can't, Kamara against Atlanta had 20 fantasy points, you know, DraftKings points in both games against them last year. And why why can't he do that again? I mean, he's he's gonna be out there for the majority of touches, a very explosive player involved in the passing game. Uh so I like him. I like Joe Mixon if you can't get to any of those against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh absolutely horrendous against the run last year. Nothing really changed, and Mixon diced them up in both games last year. Uh, and then I would be going down to that Barkley tier and really not trying. I, I don't really want to play Pierce or Gibson. Gibson, I, I could play if I was forced to. I could see myself playing Gibson. I just don't think he's going to be involved very much in the passing game. He's more of the, the the rusher in that one. So maybe on a fan duel, but DraftKings, I'm a little bit concerned about him. Um, but there's just so many running backs who are just going to get all the work in great spots, uh, I think it's worth paying up for generally this week. Yeah, Gibson, I don't think his roles are going to be that much different than like a Miles Sanders or Elijah Mitchell who are just going to be like 400 bucks cheaper and I think probably with uh, less ownership. So looking at the GPP, mentioned before, you know, I, I'd be curious to see how the ownership does shake out between Taylor, McCaffrey, and Henry, but I'm not afraid to uh, just go with Henry and Taylor because either, you know, what I was saying, maybe McCaffrey ends up being a chalky one or to your point, just because there's not a single chalky one, either way, that's going to leave them probably 
under-owned. And then Miles Sanders is someone that uh, I'm just really, you know, uh, getting behind. A 5.4. Really just, I think everyone's going to be paying up a little bit more at running back. And I really think, man, we look up and we just see Miles Sanders with 20-plus touches. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gamewell might get, you know, some targets and playing fast pass-first situations. Uh, We're doing some assuming, though, about this Eagles passing game, you know, really becoming the heart and soul of the offense. And maybe it is, but, you know, if everyone is on Jalen Hurts and also A.J. Brown's getting a lot, all of a sudden going to Miles Sanders in the run game could give us a nice little leverage opportunity there. So it is funny, though, just seeing guys like, Sanders, Mitchell, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, these kind of like dead zone running backs that this time last week, looking at season-long leagues, it was like, oh, stay away from them. But then all of a sudden, you look at the week one matchups and they're set up pretty well. So I think uh, Sanders and even Elijah Mitchell, you know, getting off of their uh, chalkier rushing quarterbacks could be a nice move. Um, I'm looking at James Conner as like a tournament play this week because I think you mentioned it towards the beginning of the show. Outside of Hollywood Brown what and Zach Ertz, right? But if they were, if they're, if they somehow try to play the slow it down game, and there, there's no sure there's what, um, you know, Benjamin and a couple other guys back there to maybe steal a couple of plays. But Con, I think to start the season, Connor looks to be the clear workhorse like he was towards the end of last season without Chase Edmonds there, in my opinion. So if you're looking for a lower owned running back, again, no one's going to get a ton of ownership this week. I think James Connor if the Cardinals stay in that game is going to be getting dual work the, the entire game there, you know, five, six, seven targets, 15 to 20 rush attempts. If the game's close, uh, looks pretty juicy. It is at home. Uh, You you don't have to worry about weather in that game. So he is someone I'm eyeing uh, from the tournament perspective this week. Uh, Wide receivers, the chalk play of the week, the pretty much the only one in my opinion is going to be Michael Pittman on DraftKings at 5,500, uh, just looks to what is he what seven or eight hundred dollars mispriced on, on DraftKings. He looks like the player everyone's going to be playing for both cash games and yeah. tournaments. Outside of that, Ian, I mean, there are a lot of different ways to go. You're probably going to need a cheapie, so maybe we can I can I can throw that to you first on DraftKings. There's a couple of cheap plays. Uh, what are we looking at in terms of value at the wide receiver position? Because if we're spending up on quarterback, right, and we're in this mid to high tier of running backs. We have to save some salary. Who are a couple of those guys at the wide receiver position that might work? Mentioned before, yeah, going in with the Hurts and A.J. Brown stack. So definitely need to save some salary. I don't want to go all the way down to 3K. I know Wandale Robinson is there, but Sterling Shepard is back. Like It could be Galladay, Shepard, Tony, and three wide receiver sets. We don't know, so I'm just going to be kind of staying away from Wandale for at least a week. Maybe if you want to throw him into a tournament, okay. But Romeo Dobbs, same thing. I just you know explained before why the Packers wide receivers could very well be rotating. So going up, I think that brings us pretty clearly to John. Han Dotson at 3.4K. I mean, throughout the preseason, saw him work alongside Terry McLaurin, Carson Wentz, and that first-team offense all the time, even in two wide receiver sets. So he's already ahead of Curtis Samuel. And, like, it's the same thing that happened in season long with Dawson, just getting disrespected compared to the other first round wide receivers, seemingly because people just thought he got overdrafted at uh, what 16th overall uh, by the Washington commanders. So to me, when they get overdrafted, that's a positive because that shows how much the team values them. But again, just to see Dotson going at, 3,400 and Garrett Wilson, his fourth on his own depth chart with Joe Flacco throwing the ball costs 1,300 more or 13. Yeah. 1,300 more. So Jahan Dotson, I think it's a great chance to save some salary. There is another, who's the other guy down 
Kadarius Tony at 4,100. Again, I'm just a little worried about the Giants overall wide receiver pecking order. I'll feel better about it next week, but Tony would probably be the next cheapest guy that I'd feel really comfortable with. Otherwise, man, yeah, Michael Pittman, AJ Brown. That's my those are my current top three. AJ Brown, Michael Pittman, Jahan Dotson filling up that cash lineup. Yeah, and I want to note the Giants game is 425. Shepard today, they said we're taking it right up to game time. Great. So that unless we get a blurb from Schefter or somebody on Sunday morning, that can be a very, very difficult situation to read on. Um, I, I, to me, it's it's literally 50-50 in my head as it stands right now is if if Sterling Shepard plays. If we get a blurb, people go to, to Tony, maybe to, to Robinson if Shepard's out. Um, but just keep that in mind. Don't lock in any of those Giants. A uh, very difficult situation even to dice up on a Friday afternoon. Uh, a couple, I, I was just looking at maybe leverage spots and normally I'm not doing the millionaire maker article this year. I just, uh, I have a new baby. I just, I don't have time Ian to sit down at least and, and write these giant long articles that it took me, you know, forever to write at least for the millionaire maker ones. Um, but what you want to do at the wide receiver position in these large field tournaments is get leverage because generally like two thirds of the time, the high owned wide receivers bust. Except this week, there's no guy who's going to be like 25 or 30% owned. And those are the guys you, you generally want to get leverage off of. So if you're looking for a move off of Pittman, who I think is going to fit into a lot of people's rosters, there's a variety there, right? So we mentioned the Eagles, what, for the 15th time, I'm going to throw out Devontae Smith. You like A.J. Brown, and people are going to play Dallas Goddard. Smith could certainly break uh, a couple of big ones against Detroit. He could end up uh, having some leverage against Michael Pittman. Adam Thielen. Uh, last I checked, he likes to score touchdowns. Those those count as fantasy points as well. You get six of them for every touchdown. Third so most, <laughs> third most receiving touchdowns in the league over the past two seasons. Adam yeah. Thielen has more top eight fantasy finishes than Justin Jefferson over the last two yeah. seasons. Madness, find Brett. Madness. Find yourself someone that looks at you like they do Adam Thielen and Redson. <laughs> uh, and Brandon Ayuk. I, I I mentioned Debo, but with Kittle out, and Ayuk had a nice connection with Trey Lance. There's been a lot of reports on that. Ayuk. These are all the pivots off of Pittman, basically in that price range. What, like if someone, if you spend up, if you have two Trent, two spendy wide receivers in your lineup, you're just going to be so different than everyone else. Yeah. In terms of just roster construction, I don't hate that order. Do you have a couple favorite spend ups at the position? I do like that point. I mean, because we have the value at wide receiver. We don't have the value at running back. So if you just want to just simple, pure lineup construction, getting unique, it does just make sense to flip-flop it, go get those expensive wide receivers, and maybe just swallow your pride and get the Mike Davises, uh, Damian Pierce's of the world uh, up there in the lineup. But there are a handful of, uh, you know, just mid-price guys I like, though. I mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown earlier, especially, you know, next to T. Higgins, Hollywood Brown, Brandon Cook, so I think you're going to be watching more ownership. Talked about the Eagles problems defending wide receivers out of the slot i love his over on five and a half receptions obviously i love him at 6100 as well also jalen waddle at 6.4 pretty much the same reasons man again higgins hollywood cooks i think it's going to be that you know pretty uh, much sweet spot for all the ownership and waddle being having been banged up, you know, coming into this week and being limited in practice to start, everyone, you know, liking Tyreek more. Yeah, I get it. But in a one week sample size, when Waddle's the one that's not getting nearly as much attention as Tyreek and some of the others, uh, I do think that he's someone where we could look up and similar to uh, Amon Ra, could just have, you know, seven, eight catches and on full PPR. We'll take that eight days of the week. Finally, George Pickens, it sounds like Deontay Johnson said he's going to play. So I think that could actually take people off of Pickens. 
So last year, when the Steelers played the Bengals, the Bengals had Chidobe Awuzie, the number one cornerback, shadow Deontay Johnson. That left Eli Apple to shadow Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool naturally had two pretty damn good games against the Bengals. Now Chase Claypool, though, is their full-time slot receiver. So, Britt, I'm pretty sure we're going to see Eli Apple tracking George Pickens all over the field. And I know it's Trubisky. I know a little bit about the weather. But, man, 4.1K for someone that really isn't going to be all that highly owned, I think, because Darius Tony is right there at the exact same price point. Uh, the fact that Deontay Johnson is playing actually makes me uh, even more happy to go after George Pickens. All right, let's finish up the show with some tight end talk. Uh, with Zach Ertz returning to practice, you know, if you're looking for a reasonably priced tight end, I mean, he's going to get peppered. He showed last year he, he was more than capable of just getting target after target from Kyler Murray. I think that makes some sense. You've got Big Irv who's back after missing last season for the Vikings and the Vikings have great corners. You can hurt them on the inside of the field with the tight end. So I like uh, Irv Smith to have a reasonably good game. And it seemed like Travis Kelsey, 6,600. If there's a way to finagle him into your life, would you forego if instead of CMC, you had to play oh. Najee Harris to get Travis Kelsey in your lineup? <laughs> Or DeAndre Swift, or I don't hate this. I don't hate it, man, because <laughs> I looked at it, man. Last year, week one against the Browns, Travis Kelsey was eighty three hundred, and now he's sixty six hundred. When yeah. we can, we should probably have the target uh, projection even higher for him uh, without Tyreek. So that's gonna be a uh, that's gonna be a, t a tough call, Britt. Damn it! Now how am I gonna sleep this weekend? Now after uh, if we had a running back that was forty five hundred, that was in a you know someone got injured, everyone would be playing Travis Kelsey this week. I I still don't think there's. He's going to be ultra. He's going to be the highest on tight end, but it's not going to be like it would be if we just had a little bit more value. And I mean, honestly, if you want to flex Travis Kelsey and just treat him as a receiver, yeah. like this could be the week to do it. Because if you just look at him versus the other guys in that price range, I mean, Mike Williams is 6,600, Terry McLaurin 6,500. It's it's not an egregious uh, week to do it as well, particularly at that price point. But yeah, I think in cash, if you're not going that route, Irv Smith at 3,400 just makes the most sense. You know, in this new Kevin O'Connell offense with the Rams, like we saw Tyler Higby last night have double digit targets because the tight end doesn't leave the field uh, under, under Sean McVay so I really think that's what Irv Smith is setting up for and other than getting really gross all the way down to the Stone Cold men at 2500 with Daniel Bellinger and Isaiah Likely uh, maybe throw them into a tournament if you're feeling daring but otherwise uh, I just think Irv Smith gives us the highest uh, combination of floor and ceiling there at 3400 other than Kelsey uh, I would just say maybe David Njoku at 3900 like just looking under 4k to me Irv Smith and Njoku Maybe to a lesser extent, Hayden Hurst in terms of my confidence level. Those are the three guys that I'm really confident are going to be out there for a heavy majority of the routes and snaps and might not be in uh, terrible offenses. Can't quite say the same for Njoku, though. All right. I got a couple turn plays of your, your uh, touchdown hunting. Uh, why not take a team in a dome that's a big favorite? It's not a home favorite. Uh, so big home favorites are one of the biggest trends you can get for tight ends. Um, but Mo Ali Cox, there's literally like no one else to play that I think is capable of playing tight end currently on, at the NFL level for the Indianapolis Colts. I expect him to be a near every down player for Indianapolis this week against Houston. Um, former, I believe, 
what, what's the former basketball player turned professional yeah, tight, he's, tight end? He's the biggest player. He's the biggest person <laughs> in the NFL. Like, I don't care yeah. what the height weight says. You see, <laughs> you see Mo Alley Cox on the field and everyone looks small. They're going to have him and Jelani Woods, who I agree with you. Like, he's not NFL ready, but we're going to get just, I think we already have one. It was uh, Matt Ryan, who's like, what, 6'4, 6'5, like 220. Matt Ryan's thin next to Mo Alley Cox and Jelani Woods. Look like a child, man. Like, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, I like uh, Mo Alley Cox if you're just uh, touchdown hunting. Uh, let's see what else do I got? Oh, and Mark Andrews. Uh, if you know you're playing Lamar Jackson, I, I sort of like him in the non Lamar. I like him with Lamar, but I also like him in a non Lamar lineup because he's uh, Kelsey's going to be 15 or 20 percent on you're going to half of that on Mark Andrews. And I'm, who else is going to catch the ball? I mean, it's Rashad Bateman, it's Mark Andrews. That's the offense this year. It's going to be a lot of running the football, it's going to be those two on play action. And Andrews had a big season last year. Some of it was when Lamar Jackson was out because he got absolutely peppered with targets but if you were looking for you know an ownership swerve off of kelsey it's it's definitely mark andrews in my opinion uh let's see i think that's about it i got anyone else a tight end you want to talk about nah i'm good do you have any thoughts on defense i think the bears at 2200 at home like yeah i know the 49ers six and a half point favorites but expected Trey Lance to just be mistake free early on the way he could potentially be running around. You know, when we see these mobile quarterbacks taking a lot of sacks, that's ultimately what we're looking for. And even though the bears lost Khalil Mack, they still do have some talent there, you know, with Robert Quinn, uh, Roquan Smith in that front seven, Eddie Jackson holding it down in the back end. So I think the bears at 2200 is about as cheap as I'd be willing to go. Um, Washington at home against the Jaguars at 2,500 is reasonable. That's a chalk for sure, Andre. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see much reason to pay off for defense this week when we have those options. Yeah, you can convince me. I, I like the Bears from. Uh, I mean, Trey Lance isn't going to be ultra owned, but from uh, to get even cheaper to get a couple more dollars, you can convince me to play the Dolphins at home against my, New England too. I think the Dolphins win that game. Relatively hearing, uh, you know. Patriot, like what was the report this morning? Patriots considering scrapping their new it's scheme. Ridiculous. Like, I mean, what do you here? expect when you have a de- like a defensive coordinator running your offense? Sometimes, like it just doesn't make any sense. What? Well, how does Bill Belichick allow things like this to happen? There, there's something going on there. I'm just looking forward to like every mistake that Mac Jones makes, even if it's 100 percent on him. Just blaming it on Matt Patricia. That's going to be a fun bit throughout the year. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, all right, I think that's going to wrap it up for Week One. Ian, I am uh, very pleased to be running this back uh, another year with you. Likewise. Uh, And tune into this show and every other show here on Roto-Grinders throughout the season on the podcast feed on YouTube. Uh, Check out Scores and Odds, our sports betting app here at Roto-Grinders. Have yourself some fun this Sunday, whether it's DFS, whether it's sports books, whether it's whatever it is. I mean, we're all, anyone listening to this, Ian, they're watching football and something. So, and they're, they're having some money down on it one way or another. Uh, So enjoy your weekend, Ian. Uh, give yourself, let the people know. There's people new all the time to the Roto Grinders feed. We got a lot of subscribers. Let them know where to find you and anything else you might be doing this season. PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Got plenty of written stuff on PFF.com as well. You guys saw the mismatch manifesto. Also have quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end breakdowns. I've been trying to like not type like 8,000 words per article this time around. You know, maybe just maybe. Writing is for the dogs, man. Maybe just not have my family uh, hate me quite as much. So what I've tried to do is, you know, instead of just going through each and every team running, you know, the same important studies and the same stats I want, but just focusing more on, you know, the outliers 
at the top and bottom of it. So if you go check out the articles again, a lot of different sections, you know, I'm not just giving you, you know, 60 block paragraphs after another, uh, got my rankings in there, some cool charts, cool information. Uh, yeah. Fantasy betting, or just trying to, you know, sound a little bit smarter in front of your friends. I think I got a lot there for you. And yeah, Britt, we'll be back here every Tuesday throughout the season, man. Let's, uh, let's have make it a great one. Friday, every Friday throughout the season. <laughs> oh, that's it. Tuesday. My goodness. <laughs> two o'clock. Two o'clock yep. every Friday. There we Friday go. is two o'clock. We'll be here live, except uh-huh. the if and when I take my many of Disney vacations, as the, the wife makes me do throughout of course, the, of course. the Christmas time. Uh, all right, guys. Appreciate everyone listening, watching, downloading uh, this show and every show here on Roto Grinders. Uh, for Ian, I'm Britt. Thanks for tuning in for week one. Tune in next week. We out you.